Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 9th. The moon is waxing crescent, and the next full moon will be on Monday, September 20th. Uh, That'll be the harvest moon here in time to usher in the autumn equinox on the 22nd. So, you know, we've got a couple of weeks to put together a really wonderful ritual to express gratitude for whatever we've harvested this year. Um, But you know what? For many of us, this has been a very challenging year. Uh, This has been a year of loss in a lot of ways, Um, loss of life first and foremost, and a loss of a lot of the freedoms that we used to take for granted, a loss of income, a loss of businesses that so many of us have built, a loss of innocence for our children who have had to endure months on end away from their friends, and for those of us who may struggle to find much to be grateful for at this equinox, maybe instead of forcing ourselves into a gratitude mindset, You know, maybe we can just look at this as a time to lay this year to rest and to look ahead and to think of the things that we hope to manifest for the next season of life. So this is a fortuitous week then, maybe, to talk about earth magic. This is the final installment of a four-part series that we've been doing uh, to explore elemental magic. We've already covered air, fire, and water magic in previous episodes, so certainly do go back and listen to those if you're so inclined. But we are going to cover my favorite kind of magic today. Um, I don't like to box myself into too narrow a definition when I talk about what kind of a witch I am. Um, On social media, you know, we see a lot of quizzes and things about what type of witch are you? Are you a sea witch or a swamp witch or an eclectic witch or a hearth witch, et cetera, et cetera, on and on. And mostly that just kind of has to do with the optics of witchcraft, the aesthetics. It's harmless, fun, probably especially for younger witches who are still creating their identities in the world in all kinds of significant ways to ascribe to a certain brand of witchcraft, you know, to put on the clothes and the makeup and get all the accessories of whatever kind of witchiness appeals to you is perfectly fine. And I will always defend people who want to try on different identities to sort of see how they fit. And those younger witches who may wear those identities for the world to see aren't harming anyone and they aren't harming witchcraft but very few of us fall into just one category. And the more we explore our practices, the more we may discover that our craft bleeds across those imaginary lines and it blurs what it means to be a divination witch or whatever that even means. So even though I lean very much toward kitchen witchery, I would never put my, my practice into such a small box. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling that way. But with that said, I have always tended toward more earth-centric forms of magic. I am a Libra, so air magic resonates with me very deeply. And to be frank, I have almost no earth in my natal chart whatsoever, but earth magic just feels very natural to me. I use it all the time, probably more than all the other forms of elemental magic. 
combined, I bet. Earth magic is just very restorative. It's very comforting. It's very profound. And its results are very long-lasting and very far-reaching. And tailoring your spells to your exact desired outcome is tricky to do at first, but I have found that one of the best and most surefire ways to get it really damn close is to remember to blend in the elements along with everything else. So while incorporating fire into your spell can give it an intense, blistering, quick-acting quality, incorporating earth magic can impart a deep, growing, building, long-lasting result. So what kinds of spell work are especially predisposed towards earth magic? Well, hmm, spells having to do with health and wellness, first and probably foremost, um, as well as money, career, and abundance spells. And this is because earth magic has a lot of influence over the things of the world, you know, this mortal earthly existence. Earth magic is also great for death and bone magic if that's what you're into. I know occasionally I am. Another strong earth correspondence is protection magic, whether it's protection for yourself or a loved one, or a protection for your home, you know, your sacred space. Grounding and spending time in nature as restorative practices are also incredibly earth-centric, just by definition. For protection spells, especially uh, protection spells for individuals, um, amulets and talismans are particularly nice because they're easy to conceal um, and they can be made from just about anything, you know, coins, jewelry, stones, they're easy to carry on your person. Um, amulets and talismans are terms that are basically interchangeable, although if you're especially pedantic, you'll want to know that generally an amulet is some sort of a charm or token that confers uh, protection onto its user, whereas a talisman gives its user some kind of additional power, although the power that it gives is usually protection, so that's why the terms are swapped out so often, just in case you've always wondered what the difference between amulets and talismans really is. The answer is not much. But anyway... Those kinds of charms are steeped in earth magic. Same with protection work that you do for your home. You can enchant wind chimes. You can get some witch bells for your doorways, or you can imbue nails or railroad spikes with protection magic, and you can place them at the entryways or on the four corners of your property. Another form of protection that I like and one that I do use in my own home is hagstones in the windowsills. Hagstones, if you're not aware, if you've never seen them, they're rocks that have had holes bored through the center of them by running water. Um, you can sometimes find them in riverbeds, but I personally always found them on the beach. In fact, I'm going to make a note and post a picture of some of my, my hagstones on my Instagram because I just love them. Now, if you do collect hagstones from nature, be sure that you leave something behind in return, just because it's the nice thing to do. Hagstones are said to ward off evil when placed in windowsills, and it's also said that if you look through the hole 
in the hagstone, you can see ferrets and fairies and spirits. I have a small hagstone too that I wear as a pendant whenever I sort of feel like I need a little extra protection during my day. Uh, I also like amber, petrified wood, acorns, obsidian, and anything made of iron for home and personal space protection. Like, um, oh, like in your car, just some little thing. Then you can imbue that with, with that protective energy. You can enchant it. You can uh, charge it. So, and for health and wellness, uh, when we talk about earth magic, we're really talking a lot about plant medicine and herbs, you know, elixirs, salves, tinctures, potions, and balms. Um, God, I, I won't go too deeply into herbal medicine today because that would literally take like all day, but maybe, maybe I'll do a future episode strictly about it. But what I will recommend is getting a good, well-respected book on herbalism. And I don't just mean a book about the magical properties of herbs. I have recommended Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs many times, maybe every single episode. And it's an excellent book for magic, for the magical properties, magical uses of herbs. But for plant medicine proper, I recommend Rosemary Gladstar's Medicinal Herbs, A Beginner's Guide. Specifically, that's the one I recommend right off the bat. I probably have two or three dozen books on herbalism, but Rosemary Gladstar is the gold standard. She actually has several books, and, and I recommend them all. Um, the reason I like to harp on herbal medicine in addition to herbal magic is because although they're two completely different disciplines, they complement each other really beautifully. I think I have probably mentioned tea in every single episode so far, but tea is so great as um, to use ritually, but it can also offer actual real health benefits at the same time. And it's kind of a great way to dip your toes into earth magic healing. You know, there's a reason that herbs are part and parcel of witchcraft, and it's because historically medicine men and women or shaman, witch doctors, uh, curanderos, folk medicine, uh, folk medicine practitioners, whatever you want to call these traditional healers, they have folded magic and herbalism together to perform very effective treatments. These people were well-respected within their communities historically for good reason. They had generations of knowledge of the plant medicines that grew in their regions and how to use them. And they were often the only people in their communities who could be called upon when medical emergencies came up. Now, all of that said, I am not advocating for people to go off their meds, so don't write to me. I'm simply advocating for people to take an active role in their physical well-being and to sort of learn the ins and outs of herbs and herbalism and herbal magic and sort of understand and see how it all goes together. It really just it, it intertwines so beautifully. And there are a lot of ways to support your physical health, but herbalism and just getting outside in nature are two very powerful and simple ways to do that. And they are both, not surprisingly, earth magic. The earth gives us so much. 
and we don't really have to do a whole lot to take advantage of that generosity. But one thing that we can do is just to learn about it. So that's me off my soapbox. Let's talk about money spells um, and abundance work and career magic. Now, the reason that those are earth magic, I just mentioned it before, is because they have to do with our physical existence, our worldly well-being. You know, we, we came into this world with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing, but there's no reason not to want a little financial security in the interim. And, you know, putting together an abundance spell is a lot of fun in my experience. And there are about a million spells out in the ether that you can look up. So I'll just talk about some of my favorite elements to use in money magic rather than talk about specific spells. There just are so many and you can frankly make your own. As far as stones and minerals for, for uh, spells to do with abundance and careers and money, I like pyrite. I like it a lot. It's probably my favorite stone to use for this kind of work. I also like peridot and tiger's eye, topaz, red jasper. I've had great results actually with all of those. And I think they work very quickly and very easily. They're like almost eager to do that kind of work, I find. Um, as for herbs and plants, I like bay, of course. I also like basil, olive, chamomile, um, dill, poppy. Uh, you know, and I actually, I use rice in abundance spells with a lot of success. Um, I think acorns are nice, along with peonies and snapdragons to go on the altar. Um, and, you know, uh, precious metals, too, like gold and silver. Those are also great to adorn your altar space uh, for the duration of that work. I've made a really nice money drawing oil just to have on hand and I use it to dress candles and sigils when I do abundance work. Um, that's, that's kind of a cool thing to do and just sort of keep it, you know, you can just have it for when you need it. And when I make that, um, well, just, you know, I guess I can, I can go into that a little bit. When I make this money drawing oil, I like to use hemp oil if I have it. If I don't, then I'll just use olive oil. That works perfectly fine as well. And I will put in cinnamon, um, crushed bay leaves, basil, echinacea, lemongrass oil, uh, lavender. I'll use either the oil or, or the lavender flowers, whatever I happen to have on hand. Um, I will put in a little dried orange peel. And for that, just peel an orange and dice it up tiny, 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 tiny little, little crumbs. And just let it dry. You don't need to buy anything for that. You can buy... Uh, dried orange peel like in the spice aisle, but it's like $8 for, you know, a one ounce jar versus a, an orange that you can just buy for like a nickel and eat it and then just use the peel, which is a lot more effective. Like I always say, if you can make something or if you can buy something, just make it. That's, that's the work of, of this work. So anyway, um, and I'll also put in like a little cayenne pepper. Um, I'll put in star anise. Um, you might have to crush that up. Uh, we'll toss in some peridot chips, um, some Florida water, good, a good amount of that, and just anything else that sort of strikes my fancy. And for your own oil, you can add anything else that speaks to you, and you can make substitutions as necessary if there are ingredients that you don't have or that you don't want to use for one reason or another. Sh shit, it's your oil. You get to decide what the recipe should be. 
If something is too hard to get a hold of or too expensive or you don't like it, just do some research and find out what it does. And then you'll be able to find a suitable substitution that has the same kinds of magical properties. You know, there's more than, more than one way to skin a cat. And you know what, that kind of brings me to my like default speech that I feel like I give every episode. There isn't just one way to do magic, but there are ways to do magic that are going to be more effective. And the number one way to boost your results when you're performing magic is to do some research. Don't just follow a spell that you found online or that you heard about or that you read in a book without understanding what the ingredients are for and what all the steps mean. The more you know about a spell, the more connected you'll be to the outcome and the more your results are going to align with your desired outcome. You know, you can, you can learn to sing a song in another language, but if you translate it first, you'll be able to connect to the meaning in a more personal way. So your performance is going to be all the more meaningful. And that's all that magic is. It's just singing our desires to the universe in a language that the universe understands. So as always, keep doing magic, keep trying new things, write it all down and create. And you can find me on Instagram at middle-aged witch and on Facebook at middle-aged witch. Now I will talk to you again next week about one of my absolute favorite subjects, the autumn equinox. My name is Eli. And this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. The content of this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional, mental, or medical health care and diagnosis. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.